heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of the Life After Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player interviewing other former players about their life after hockey journeys. And before we get to this week's interview, I just want to take a moment and thank last week's guests, Brandon Cullen and Kirk DeWall. These former teammates co-founded the Metabolic Fitness Training Facilities, the industry's first and only strength-driven interval training franchises. For more information on locations and franchise opportunities, please visit metabolic.com. And with that, that brings us to this week's interview. I caught up with an old friend of mine, a good friend of mine that has co-founded the Cavalier Fine Jewelry Shop in the Gastown District of Vancouver, BC. We talked about his hockey career, the influences on his hockey career, growing up with his brother Brent, and his quick transition from hockey to entrepreneurship. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Keith Seabrook. Enjoy. All right. Here we go. My next guest was born in Delta, BC. He played his junior hockey with the Calgary Hitmen before being drafted by the Washington Capitals, 52nd overall in the 2006 NHL entry draft. He went on to play five years pro that included stops with the Abbotsford Heat, Manitoba Moose, San Antonio Rampage, Rockford Ice Hogs in the AHL, and the Cincinnati Cyclones and Stockton Thunder of the ECHL. He also played one year in Italy and after retiring from hockey, he co-founded Cavalier Fine Jewelers in Gastown District, in the Gastown District of Vancouver, BC, with his good friend Dane Stevens. And I am super pumped to be joined by one of my good friends, Mr. Keith, the refrigerator Seabrook. How you doing, Fridgey? How are you? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, I didn't know yeah. if I was gonna throw that in. But you know what? A little bit of extra length on the intro is great. I thought, you know, Haley Wickenheiser's was pretty long. I was mm. listening to that one. I I figured maybe we could get up to that length. Not quite, but uh <laughs> but uh no, the nickname helped. 
How's it yeah, going? It's going good. And and I appreciate the feedback because I, I haven't had as much feedback as I would like. So anybody listening, yeah, like I, I wanna I wanna hear what's working and what and what isn't. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh yeah, I uh listened to a couple of them that you that you've had on there and uh Andy Sutton's on there and, and you got Haley Wickenheiser. It's it's cool, man. Looks like you're you're doing a great job. Yeah, and and to for to Haley's defense, like she has a pretty big resume, so I don't know if you could really shorten that down. No, no, no. I think it was it was as long as it, it could have even gone probably a little longer. I'm sure. <laughs> I wonder uh, what mine was going to be like. <laughs> well, I, I I guess I've been trying to keep them kind of short and sweet, but I like to I like to share where guys have played, like share the actual places that guys have played and the leagues they've played in. Cause I think that's, it's, it's interesting and, and want to, you know, give it props. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess in that sense, the list is pretty long for me. <laughs> you have some, you have some good spots. What, what about your favorites? Favorite place you played? Favorite place. I'd say, um, I would probably say just as far as the city and the area would be, would be San Antonio. That was a pretty cool spot to play. Never been down to well, I we we visited Texas on some road trips before then, but never uh, never spent much time down there. It was pretty cool. San Antonio was that was always a good spot to go as a visiting team as well. Yeah, you had you had Austin right up the street, which was always good if if uh, if you really wanted to to drag the guys through the mud a little bit, and then you had. Uh, there's this big bar just outside. I'm sure all the guys that have played in San Antonio before know where it is, and they've been there. The Cowboys, the big bar. Any given night, you'd go there. There'd be the most amazing musicians, uh, country music going, and the swing dancers going, and it was just, uh, it was, it was a pretty special place for sure. Uh, re- restaurants and live music. That's what I remember um, it, from that area. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the downtown area, you got your, you got the canal down there and, and a lot of your restaurants and stuff, but we didn't, you know, living down there, you didn't spend too much time. You were always kind of in the outskirts, a lot of cool different areas and little pockets of town that you could kind of go and, and spend time in. So, yeah. Right on. Um, yeah. So I, we were just touching on it a little bit right before we kind of hit record on this. Um, I, and I did the math. So we met probably 15 plus years ago when yeah. I, I, I moved to Tawasson, BC. Um, I, my little guy was living out there. So I moved out there and I remember yeah. I, I wanted to work out. So there was a gym across the street from where I was staying and went over there. And I noticed that one of the trainers in that gym, um, I had met uh, with my time uh, with the Canucks and that was Scotty Hebert. And yeah. And his uh, Excel Fitness program, which is still going in Richmond. Shout out to Darcy Clatt, that's doing a great job with with Excel. Um, but I I have to mention, you know, that's that's a huge part of I feel like um, our relationship and how I know you, and 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 also just you know a shout out to um, obviously Scott is is not with us anymore, but I I want to mention him because. I feel that the the atmosphere that he created and the culture that he created within the Excel fitness community is why we have the relationships that we do. And yeah. And yeah. And just, you know, wanted to start with that. Like what are your memories of Scotty and, and Excel? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And it was, uh, I mean, when you're, when you're in it and when, and when Scotty's beating you up day in and day out, you, you kind of, you, you naturally, I think you look forward a little bit where you go, holy smokes, I can't with this summer. This is just, you know, September, I get to go back to camp. I could, I could get out of this, you know, like, um, but yeah, looking back, it's, uh, yeah, pretty special times that are that are really, you know, really hard or difficult to uh, to replicate, and that's 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 the big thing with 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 Scotty and and just the um, the camaraderie and the culture that he had in the gym, and and it was a it was a really it was a really special place to be, and I'm sure we can I can speak for all of us in our our training group that we had that we we'd all. Uh, we'd all do a lot of things to be able to, uh, to get a day back in the gym and, and, uh, in, in, uh, middle of, middle of July, you know, right in the thick of it, you know, as hard as that workout would have been, you know, we'd, we'd all do a lot to get back into that gym and, and be able to do that again. Yeah. It's Scotty Hebert was the most, um, intense, energetic human that I've ever encountered. And, his workouts would leave me in a puddle on the ground and I would yeah. love every minute of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. His warmups would leave me <laughs> in a puddle in the ground. And, and that was, um, but he just, he just had this energy about him that, uh, yeah, you just, you, you wanted to, you wanted to push yourself harder for him. And, and, um, you know, I don't even think he was aware he was even putting out that vibe. That was just him. That was just who he was to the core and, and uh, always, you know, he, he kind of reminded everybody that they had a little bit more, uh, which was um, just through his energy and, 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 and who he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you about, you know, your, your hockey obviously in a little bit, but, but I think, you know, it's, it's important. Like those are the, those are the people that, that make such a difference in careers. In my opinion, everybody kind of has their people that have helped them along the way. And, and, you know, it's just, I, I wanted to mention Scotty. I wanted to mention our group. Um, there was always, you know, you and your brother, Brent, uh, AJ Baines, Johnny Lammers, um, Troy Brower was there sometimes, but like, I remember that, that main crew, um, that had a lot of workouts together and, and, uh, um, yeah, th those those people along the way that that helped is in definitely Scotty's in that category. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's um, he was the glue for for a lot of us there, and I yeah, everybody has those special people, and I think um, you know everybody kind of is biased to their own atmosphere and and kind of the atmosphere that they create around them and and their friends and and things at the gym, but um, you know especially going through you know, the preparation as, as pro athletes that we, that we had to go through, it was, um, you know, I think it's, I, you know, just looking back, I think it is probably something that's a little bit more uncommon than just, you know, really having that, that feel and that group that we had and, and, and Scotty as the leader of that group, um, you know, it was, it was, um, I think it made us all better, you know, better, better on the ice and, and better off the ice and, and you know it's uh you know I, we could talk about scotty for forever but just the outlook on life right I, every time i had a uh, a day where it was just like you know it was uh, it was a grind or if it was um 
you know, maybe, maybe I didn't achieve something, you know, in the hockey rink that I wanted to, or got sent down or, or whatever it was, it was just, you'd, you'd think of Scotty immediately and, and you'd push forward and, and um, one foot in front of the other. And, and that's just the way it was. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, not only Scott was, was he there just to, to get us in shape, but he was, he was teaching us all, all the time, every day. Um, just about, just about being a good person and wanting more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we could probably talk about him uh, all, all episode and, and uh, you know, talk about his, the Rocky soundtrack and, and John Bon Jovi yeah. and, and pulling cars and, you know, throwing around rocks and tree branches and stuff. And, and, yeah. But, you know, I also wanted to just, you know, check in with you, you know, obviously, you know, I think Scotty was a big influence of my career. Who else, um, and and I'm assuming he was for you as well, but who else kind of influenced you, you know, during your hockey career as you were growing up and, and chasing the dream? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think a big, big person in my life, obviously, growing up um, as a young kid and getting into hockey was was my dad um and not necessarily from a essentially a, a hockey standpoint i mean he he played hockey growing up he lived in a small town in in bc and and he played hockey but it was a, it was more just a work ethic thing um mm. with me and it was really something that i could look up to and and uh i think he was always a little bit harder on uh, on my brother who was also another big mentor and somebody who i looked up to in in the hockey world um but I think he was a lot harder at him, a lot harder on Brent than he was on me. Um, so in turn, I think just seeing Brent have a lot of success um, and a lot of growth in the hockey world at a young age was kind of like, oh, okay, it does work. You know, it, it does. Okay, this, this is all starting to make sense. He's not just uh, he's not just uh, being hard on us for no reason. Right. So I think, um, you know, it was, I always really, I still do, I still do respect that a lot, uh, growing up and, and having the parents, uh, that, that we did and, and just the leadership there. And, and just, again, always, always pushing us to do more and, and just work hard and they, they led by example. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know your dad a little bit and, and definitely he's a hardworking guy and I can definitely see how he's, pass those traits on to to you and your brother um what about growing up with brent were you guys um were you guys competitive or were you more supportive of each other or a little bit of both yeah yeah exactly a little bit of both um you know brent brent was always a really a really great older brother um you know we had our little things and and our tips but by kind of by the time that we really started to kind of get into those years of uh whether it is you know your 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 mid-teens where you're kind of you're more aggressive or whatever it is he was gone right and and uh he was gone playing hockey and uh just since then you know i i remember that day. it was a it was a sad day and and uh you know brent and i are, are we're really close and we still still are and um you know we've always had a great supportive relationship to one another and and um you know, I've, I've always, uh, I've, I've never really felt like I've, I was in competition with him per se. Um, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely eye opening to see just, you know, the path that he led and, and kind of, 
you know, where those footsteps go in the world of hockey and, and how to hopefully, you know, carry on through them. But, um, um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was great. Always supportive. It's, it's never been a thing. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, would associate if they saw the name Seabrook or the last name on my jersey, or they associated with Brent. But it was, uh, I was always super proud of him. So chirps and hockey where guys were like, hey, you're not as good as your brother. That was fine. I was happy for Brent. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I wasn't, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. <laughs> good one. Good one. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, and, you know, and I, I guess I, I've I've never really heard you speak about that. So I mean that's that's just interesting too, and that doesn't surprise me that, you know, obviously you know I've I've an older brother, and there's, you know, at times you're, you know, your your brothers and you're competing, but at at the end of the day, you you guys really support each other and are happy for each other, and I definitely see that with you guys. Yeah, for sure. I think ups and downs in the careers we've, we've always been. And we all know what it feels like those um, of of the hockey world and and uh, yeah we we've always been there to support one another so getting back to your career, um, you are actually the only person that I've uh, interviewed that's retired twice so right. <laughs> <laughs> take take us back to um, the time you, you went over to Italy and took a break, um, just shed some light around that. Like, you know, from the perspective of, you know, life after hockey and transition, like that's kind of, you know, been kind of the common theme and topic of this podcast, you know, kind of what was going through your mind? You, did you want to move on? Were you ready to move on and missed it a little bit? What was, what was happening for you during that time? Yeah. Well, I think, I think kind of, well, where I, where I kind of, you know, ended up the first time around was, um, was in the lockout year. Uh, what was that? 2013, 12, 12, 2000. Anyhow, um, I'd been, uh, just looking for a place to play. That was the end of my, my three-year entry level deal, uh, that I had originally signed with Calgary and, and, uh, lo and behold, it was, a it was a tough time going into a lockout. Um, and uh, really didn't have a place to play. And um, I, uh, I ended up going over to uh, play in the Serie A league in, in Italy. Uh, showed up a little bit late for, for the season, but um, ended up going up over there and, and getting an opportunity to play. And, and um, you know, I think going just, just going back to my relationship with, with my brother and him having a lot of success, I think it also for me, it just kind of skewed my perspective of, uh, of, of success in hockey. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think going over there, uh, I felt like I had failed, you know, mm -hmm. I felt like I, I wasn't good enough to play in North America anymore. I wasn't good enough. Um, you know, and, and that was, uh, that was a big hit to, uh, to, to, to my ego and, and who I was and, and uh, it was it was hard for me to handle when I was over there. Um, another thing that I that I also you know I, I kind of you know I was looking around and and just kind of you know feeling like I was a little bit on the outs in the hockey world and kind of looking around to other teammates and 
and seeing that there were a lot of a lot of other guys over there that had played lots of years in the NHL and and there were a lot of guys that hadn't um and uh I think for me I've always kind of had this a little bit of a desire in the back of my head of 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 having my own business and and entering the business world just just growing up with with parents who are entrepreneurs and had their own business and ran their own business so I always kind of had this uh you know this interest in doing something like that and and um anyhow I was over there for about three months and and one of my good buddies Dane uh who you mentioned earlier he he sent me a Facebook message and said hey uh, it was just good timing on his part, and he said, "Hey, this is I, I'm I'm doing this." He's third generation in the, in the jewelry industry, and and he said, "Hey, uh, I'm, this is what we're doing, and this is what I'm thinking about doing." And and he said, "Would you like to Would you like to get involved?" And I said, "Yeah, as long as I can buy half." And he said, "Okay, no problem." So I said, "All right, I'll uh, I'll see you Sunday." Mm-hmm. And I called my GM, and I said. Listen, I'm 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 looking to change things up. I just uh, it's, it's not the right spot for me right now. I'm not giving you everything I have. I gotta go. And uh, anyways, I came home and we started we started uh, conceptualizing what we we're gonna do here at Cavalier. Now it's it's been here for eight years now, and and um, that was kind of it. I got home in in December, and we opened up in June. That's a pretty quick turnaround. When he sent you the message on Facebook to you telling your GM and going home. How long was that time span? It was a, it was a week. I played the remaining two games that week. And then, uh, and then that was it. That's a pretty quick, that's a pretty quick uh, turnaround. Pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Like, like I, I would assume that, you would have had all the intentions of finishing the year when you signed there, but then this opportunity came out and it just was too good to, to pass up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it had just been, um, it, it just being young too and able to handle, you know, different stresses that come with, with, with being an athlete or whatever. I, I think, you know, I, I had an ego too and it was damaged. And I let it get to me and I, I, I didn't feel like I, I needed to be over there. I thought I was, um, I thought I deserved better. And, you know, all these little things that kind of, they, they turn you off of, of, uh, you know, pushing forward and, and persevering and just getting the job done and they, and they turn it into it while well, at the, at the, uh, at the first chance I get, I can, I'm going to try and, and get out of here and do something different. It's uh, this is this career path is kind of over for me and, and uh, I'm not very interested And in, you start to make up stories of why you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's great awareness. Um, like I, 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 lots of stuff, oh, I think we just overlap. Can you hear me? All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, the thought I had was, was, you know, first of all, just the awareness of, of, of having that, that ego. I feel like we've all as, as young dudes kind of had a big ego and maybe it serves us at a time. And and then you kind of understand that, you know, maybe it doesn't serve you in all the ways, um, that, that you want it to, uh, you know, and the other thing I wanted to kind of mention was just, 
you know, you're, you're talking about um, almost like, like opportunities and circumstance. And, you know, I, I, I really, I really do appreciate you sharing um, about your thoughts and, and even sharing about having, uh, you know, a brother that's, that's gone on to play in the NHL and, and won Stanley cups and, you know, like to have that as, as your, um, comparable, like almost isn't fair. Like, you know, not to take anything away from Brent, he he's had amazing opportunities and, and, and done well with those opportunities. And, you know, you know, being drafted by Washington, um, being traded before you even you're even playing pro, like there's, I think I'm, I, I don't want to take away for, or make excuses for anybody, but there's a conversation about just um, the uh, just things kind of have to fall into place and, 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 and go your way. So, um, you know, just to, just to speak to, to those, those opportunities and, 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 and then you're talking about having an opportunity to come back, be an entrepreneur um, start a start the jewelry shop, um, and so how take like let, let's go there. With that experience, um, I hope you can still hear me. Uh, yeah. We're just having a little uh, connection issue. Um, the opportunity to start in the jewelry business. What was that like right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was uh, definitely a lot different than than playing hockey for sure but it was uh it was a it was a good place for me to be just being able to kind of enter into the business world um with a guy like dane just he's got a uh he's got a sports background as well he played professional lacrosse for a few years um that's actually how we met we grew up playing lacrosse together um and it was really just kind of just getting my toes wet and, and we really, you know, initially we, we thought we wanted to change uh, or we wanted to kind of expand on, on one aspect of, of, of the family business and what they did before. Um, and that quickly changed into, well, let's, let's build a retail store. Let's, let's, let's do everything. Let's, let's, uh, let's build diamond rings, gemstone rings, pearl rings, um necklaces bracelets whatever let's 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 go for the whole thing so i think i think you know if you're around other competitive people in uh, in nature you know it's it's kind of um you're always kind of pushing for more you're always kind of you want to do more things and you're and you're conceptualizing different ideas and you're not afraid to kind of attack things head on uh even if you have no clue what you're doing which i didn't but you learn quickly, and and uh, and for me, I, I always learn best with experience. Just being thrown into the fire, and and um, yeah, I think I think business, I I I feel is a lot like you know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a businessman or or, or woman or or whatever you are, I think it's it all correlates um, to being an athlete too. It's all about preparation and and. Um, preparation comes in all sorts of different forms, but preparation and, and mental well-being and, and, um, you know, it's, uh, there, there's little things that I took out of sports, like the competitiveness that we kind of brought into, to Cavalier and, and we just want to be the best and, and, uh, we have pride in that. Hmm. 
I, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Like just all the, all the mindset pieces and, and analogies from, from sport or for hockey and, and using it in everyday life. Do you, do you do that too? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we grew <laughs> up when you, when you went to tryouts and you know, there's always somebody watching, um, you know, I think it's just that sense of, of pride in, in how you present yourself or how you look on the ice or, or, you know, in this sense of how your, how your, your business looks and how your rings turn out and, do they look the best that they can look when they're done? And I think that that stuff just carries through so much because it's, it's, um, that's what we were all looking, looking for with, with, you know, how's our stride look? How's our skating look? Okay. My shots looking good. There was, there was this scout here looking at, looking at us today, you know, you're always kind of being critiqued and, um, on your skills. And I think it's, it's, it's very similar in the business world where you're, you're, um, you know, you're kind of, you're always thinking that someone's watching. So you're trying to do the best, the best job that you can possibly. Yeah. I think, uh, as we kind of find our way through these little technical difficulties, if you can still hear me, like just even having that teammate with you along the journey, I think is, is huge too. I think that's one of the things I miss the most is, is just having, having that buddy, having that teammate with you, you know, trying to accomplish stuff together. Um, and I know you guys have, have gone, you know, talking about starting a jewelry store um, and, and, and providing all these services, but, but you guys have been on a lot of uh, wholesale journeys along the way. Like you've gone to actually go check out where all these um, jewels are coming from, diamonds are coming from. Tell Tell us about that part. Yeah, um, that was uh, yeah, really cool. Since since being away from from the game of hockey, I don't I don't travel to as many cities, but I've been to some pretty interesting ones. Um, you know, we seventies. That was that was stemmed down to Dane's uncle who who uh, who passed away when purchased stones and 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 visitors across Canada so you know we typically when we when we first started we we did a lot of uh we did a lot of traveling over to Thailand Thailand is a big uh it's a big cutting mecca for corundum so that's that's sapphire and ruby basically lots of uh, lots of sapphire ruby stones uh over there so that was uh that was a pretty unique time going into the first time heading over there and going into one of our uh, one of our buying our purchasing offices and and uh, meeting one of the brokers over there who who again was in dane's uh dane's uncle's wedding he's uh really close to the family and um always looking out for us when we're over there but um just a really really special time and nothing that i ever thought i i would see myself doing and and um and and on the other side of that just becoming really good at it uh it was it was always uh it took me a long time to to learn how to kind of read stones and and sorry buddy do you get any i mean just talking about your own experience about just reading diamonds and you know i think it's an art figuratively and literally literally um 
you know, the business you're in. So actually reading diamonds and getting to know your stuff, I, that's, that's a, a learned skill, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a really unique uh, quality of our business that we that we get to do. Um, there's not a lot of a lot of other retail stores in the jewelry space that that go and and hand select their own stones and and meet the people and work with the people. Um, you know, we do now. We've kind of expanded. Obviously, not right now, but hopefully, when things uh, when things open back up here, we'll do. Uh, you know, the main spots that we go for for travel and to purchase stones would be Columbia for emeralds. Mm -hmm. um, we do uh, Myanmar, uh, formerly known as Burma, but there's, there's some, there's some interesting things going on in, in Myanmar these days where we're, we're not quite sure when we'll, when we'll really be able to go back and, and work with people over there. Um, that's where all the Ruby, really fine rubies, really fine sapphires come from. Um, and then, uh, well, Spinel is their main stone as well. And then you have, uh, Thailand, which is really, you know, a lot of the stones coming out of the earth are, are, are going there to be cut just because, uh, they've typically had just, just the most skilled, uh, cutters work there. So basically at the end of the day, you have a really nice, beautiful looking stone that's really clean and crisp. You need somebody to cut that. That's going to make it sparkle. And that's typically where, where a lot of the, the cutting goes down. And like, as a, as a rookie uh, consumer, the, one of the things I've seen on your, on, on your website that I appreciate um, just with my limited knowledge is just having conflict free diamonds. Like, is, is that, is yeah. that a huge uh, it's th that would be a huge thing for me as a consumer, but is that something that that is uh, normal practice? And and tell me about that. Yeah, pretty normal. Um, yeah. That's all. It, it's really, you know, everything's certified by one main company that we work with is it's GIA. So that's uh, that's it's short for the Geological Institute of America, and that's really the most credible diamond certificate um, that you can get. And really, you know, stuff that comes into North America, it doesn't, it, everything goes through the Kimberly process. It comes in, it's, it's essentially a registrar of all ethically worked and sourced stones that come into North America. Um, and then they have a little laser inscription on the girdle of the stone that goes around it. So it'll have a, a number that'll correlate to its certificate. Um, a lot of these stones, I mean, the stones are still coming from, from all areas of the world, you know, South Africa, Russia is a big one, um, Canada. Um, so we, we collect stones from, from all different, re all different regions. Um, but on GIA certificates, they don't have their reference of origin. So if we were to put money on where, um, you know, most of our stones that are GIA certified come from, uh, I would say Russia. For the most part and then we have canadian goods as well but those are all certified canadian they'll have a little maple leaf on them um but even those have a funny uh a, a funny trip to the sales floor too because um or to the showroom but because you know they go to asia to be cut a lot of those stones so even even canadian goods uh oftentimes get on a plane and go have a vacation over in vietnam for for a week or so and then they come back here <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I'm impressed with your knowledge and, you know, like, I guess after eight years in the industry, 
you, you pick up a thing or two. Um, and, and I'm also just conscious of the time. I know you got to get going soon. Tell us again, um, just what, what you guys are specializing in, what you guys are offering um, as a service at, at the shop. Yeah, uh, we have a wide, wide range of, of, of different stones, but primarily we're doing, we, we work in diamonds, uh, gemstones being sapphire, emeralds, and ruby. Um, and we're, we're predominantly bridal and engagement. So uh, engagement rings, wedding bands, uh, we do have all sorts of finished pieces, diamond studs, gemstone studs, necklaces, pendants, um, for, for gifts and things like that, and, and really anything custom, right? So if anybody wants to, to do something different or unique, uh, we have an in-house designer. Um, mm. We can kind of go through the design process and the custom design process around a stone that they choose. Um, yeah, it's it will 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 pretty much will pretty much do anything uh, within reason for sure. Very cool, very cool, and it is uh, it is a really cool shop that you guys have there. And you know, as I can see where you're sitting, you guys are expanding. Things are doing well. I the one um, I think I've been there a couple times. The the first time I was there, this is just a quick story and kind of a memory to tie everything together with 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 your location. Um, back in 2013. So the Hawks won the cup, Brent's yeah. turn to, to have the cup. You guys had a little intimate gathering at, at the shop at Cavalier. Um, and, and it was really cool just to have that intimate kind of party with the Stanley cup, but they're, they're, they're also very particular with, with what you can do with the cup. And so, you know, throughout the evening, there, there was, there was a time that there's a few people that snuck into the back kind of stairwell. And, and I was, lucky enough to be part of the group that was going back there. They were going to sneak a drink out of the cup. And as I walked into the stairwell, I saw your brothers, I think, uh, holding the cup. I think you were there too. You guys were basically helping your grandma have a drink out of the Stanley <laughs> cup in the back of the shop. It was such a great uh, memory and, and, and so cool for your family, this, this beautiful jewelry shop. Stanley Cup was there. Do you have any uh, memories from that day? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I I uh, I just remember that day just being um, yeah, just super super special and super grateful that that Brent thought uh, thought to do that uh, with his time with the cop. Um, that was right after we opened uh, opened our doors. So that was that was a really special day and and. Uh, Again, just another reason why why I love my bro and and you know he was he was thinking of us and and uh, and it was obviously really really special to have all you guys there, um, and the whole the whole uh, the training crew everybody there to to be able to come into the store and 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 to hang out and see the cup and yeah I remember I I remember grandma grandma up the stairs having a sip of a sip out of the Stanley cup too. I don't think she's had a sip of beer since or before that for about 30 years, but, oh, but wow. uh, if you're going to have a sip, that's the one. Wow. If you're going to do it, do it first class. Right. There you go. That's right. great. It, it is, it is such a cool little shop. Please. If you're in the Vancouver area, they're in Gastown. Um, and how else can we follow you and um, online and, and check you guys out? Uh, we got cavaliergastown.com uh, is our website. If you, if you ever have any questions or want to reach out, uh, that's where you can you can do it there. Send us an email, whatever you like. Um, 
it's uh, we we'd love to have you come in. You you cut out a little bit. Um, I I I'll I'll put a links to everything in the show notes. But you know, you said CavalierGasTown.com um, at yeah. CavalierGasTown on on Instagram, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I I I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no, I appreciate you doing it anytime. Uh, I'm sh- I'm sure it's I'm sure people kind of take to this well. It's just just to get on here and talk about themselves for a little while. It always always kind of feels nice when somebody asks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's you know I, I I think it's cool. Like you know the the stories and the journeys that guys go on are so unique after hockey and. And you definitely have a unique story and and uh, and such a cool um, business in Vancouver. So it's my pleasure to to shine the spotlight on you. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah, again, I appreciate your time and, and awesome to see you. Yeah, you too, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. And we'll uh, we'll sign off for now and talk soon. Sounds good. I apologize for the technical difficulties and I still think that was a really good conversation. I I really enjoyed it. It's always nice to catch up with old friends and when I first met Keith, he would have been around 16 years old. He was the youngest in our training group and he was also one of the most solid. He was solid on the ice, solid in the weight room and if you ever ran into Keith on, on the ice, legend has it that it would be like running into a refrigerator. So there you go. Good job, Fridgy. So great to see Cavalier doing well. Eight years in the business. Keith and Dane, third generation jeweler. They've traveled around the world. They've hand-selected stones. They provide custom services with their in-house designer. And they specialize in bridal and engagement products. And not to mention... uh, an amazing location in Vancouver's trendy Gastown area. If you're in Vancouver, go stop in. You won't be disappointed. It's a really cool shop. And for more information on Cavalier Fine Jewelers, please visit CavalierGastown.com and follow them at Cavalier Gastown on Facebook and at Cavalier Gastown on Instagram. And I just want to add this in here. At the time of this recording, Keith's brother, Brent, recently announced his retirement from the NHL after 15 years, over 1,100 games, three Stanley Cups, an Olympic gold medal. Brent is hanging up the skates due to being a warrior on the ice himself and requiring too many surgeries to continue at his level of expectation. So a big congratulations to Brent on an amazing career and Welcome to Life After Hockey. A big thank you to today's guest, Keith Seabrook. I also want to thank you, the listener. I appreciate you tuning in. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe as it helps others to find us. And if you have any thoughts or requests, please connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Brad M. Lieb. And that'll do it for episode number 13. Thanks again. And until next time, keep going and enjoy your life. Bye for now.
well.